Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the episode called What Would Kim Do? This is where I read different scenarios, challenges, dating blunders, and really any problem that you might need solving. And I am going to tell you exactly what I would do to help you through it. So let's get at it. All right. The first question is from Martha, and she says, my goal is to find a dependable, stable, fun man to frolic with during my limited free time. I have young kids and have been married, and neither is a goal at this point. I'm not interested in cohabitating too soon. Just want someone to lean on a bit, have fun with, dinner, hiking, weekend trips, etc. I have a major insecurity about my appearance, so I also lack self-confidence. I have body image issues and I fear rejection. Oh gosh. Well, first of all, Martha, I love that you are focusing more on feeling good about yourself and looking at dating to really just have fun, not necessarily a relationship right now. That's exactly what you need. I mean, I'm not sure how long you've been single for, but it sounds like you are in a place of discovering who you are outside the marriage and focusing on being a single parent, which is super important. I mean, when you are coming out of a divorce or a long relationship, and this goes for anybody, your identity has been linked with your ex-partner for so long that sometimes you forget who you are separate from that person, especially if you met when you were younger. So doing all all these pubescent activities, if you will. Sometimes you almost feel like a teenager all over again, and that is so okay. It's kind of your rites of passage, as I call it. It's, it's actually a great way to find yourself again and gain almost that sexual confidence. So despite its challenges, if you feel good about yourself and you know what you want, finding love and dating can be fun. And it sounds like you are still not feeling great about your appearance and how you look. So this is a perfect time to zone in on that. It takes time. And putting yourself in action by doing things where you actually see yourself differently. So here's a couple ideas or hacks, if you will, that you can do right now to increase your confidence and feel sexy again and attract the opposite sex. The first and foremost is focus on you. You know, it's almost like getting back to basics and figuring out what your passions are and really getting in touch with your true self. You know, a lot of times when you're with someone for so long, you almost forget what you like. I remember when I first got divorced, the first thing I did is get a bunch of sushi. And I literally ate sushi every single day because my partner, my husband at the time, he didn't like sushi. So I was excited to do things that I just hadn't done in a really long time. So, you know, revisit the things that inspired you, get involved again. Maybe there's hobbies, places to travel, extracurricular activities that you've been wanting to do. And reconnecting with your passions will help you find things that make you happy, focus on yourself, and even meet like-minded single people. The second thing is be a kid in a candy store, okay? 
here's the thing. You've had one piece of candy for a very long time. You haven't experienced even, you know, and some people, and I don't, again, I don't know your journey, but some people haven't even dated before their relationship. So be a kid in the candy store, taste as many candies as you can. You know, how, how do you know you don't like gobstoppers and lollipops when you've only had the Hershey bar, you know? So that is a really good thing to do. And it's good for you to date a lot to find out who you are and what you like again, because you may find that your taste has changed over the years. And finally, you said you don't feel good about your appearance. This is a great time to update your wardrobe. You know, a lot of times you're stuck in a rut wearing the same clothes from the 90s or wearing clothes that, you know, especially if you have young, you have young kids. So you might have a bunch of mommy clothes that I know I had on. Um, so figuring out how to dress to attract people of the opposite sex, it's not an easy task. But if you dress in a way that makes you look and feel confident, then you know you're on the right track. So if you really, you know, again, it is a time to focus on you. I love that you just want to kind of have fun right now and not get sucked into a relationship. So good luck with that. All right. The next question is from Janet. She said, hi, Kim, I'm 51 and single. My personal goal is to have a healthy relationship that becomes a marriage. I've had many personal challenges and issues to overcome, and I have worked very hard to overcome them. My biggest obstacle would be having the confidence to speak up for myself within a relationship and to stay present to help the relationship grow. I tend to pick men with big personalities and then hide. Oh boy. Well, that dynamic is very familiar. And I'm sure a lot of people listening, you listening will relate to this. So it seems like, honestly, you're in a perfect time in your life to open yourself up to the idea of finding someone special as it sounds like you've had, you know, you've been through a lot, some challenging times and you've overcome them. So congrats. That's awesome. I love the goal that you know, you want to find your voice in a relationship. But I wonder if having a voice overall is something you find challenging in many areas of your life, not just relationships. So I always say that if you want to change the ending of your story, and it sounds like you have a story, you have to go back to the beginning and change the beginning. So this is the time where you should be practicing speaking up and sharing more from the minute you say hello to people you meet and men you date. The more you get used to contributing to conversations, what you like, how you feel about things, you will not only attract people who care about what you say, but you will also find yourself feeling more confident in speaking up overall. You know, getting used to talking more and being more vulnerable in your interactions it's like anything else that is foreign to you. The more you practice, the easier it becomes. It's like going to the gym. I talk about this metaphor a lot, and it's building a muscle. At first, the exercise may seem really hard. You might get sore. But if you keep at it with a regular routine, not only will it be easier, but you will also start to enjoy it. I promise this is just, it's the same thing. Once you practice speaking up more on dates, you will set a precedent for the rest of the relationship and demand more for yourself moving forward with someone. If you are quiet and you focus too much on someone else, then guess what? 
narcissists, takers, the guys who have the big personalities, as you call it, will like you like that. And you will continue to have lopsided relationships by speaking up. Those guys aren't going to like you anymore and you're not going to like them. So it actually is twofold. So here's a few hacks to try to find your voice. Number one, write down your fears about sharing. You know, what is it about stating your needs and speaking up that's difficult for you? What do you worry about? What do you think is going to happen when you do it? Honestly, usually our fears are way bigger in our heads than the reality of it. And usually it's attached to messages you received growing up, that old programming of someone who either shut your voice down or perhaps you were with someone who had to outshine you and be in the limelight. So you learn to stay quiet. I just worked with a client this weekend who has come out of that dynamic. She was married for 25 years to a narcissist who always had to you know, have attention wherever she went. So she really learned to stay quiet, dim her light, not speak her truth, and to be invisible. And, you know, when I was working with her this weekend, she couldn't believe how, like, she almost had this default button. So when we were out and about and talking to people, her her instinct was to stay quiet. So I really had to encourage her to initiate and have conversation because a, a lot of people are great conversationalists, but if you hesitate too much, you get in your head too much, then you will stop yourself. And that's what stops opportunity. So in the end, if you don't want that for yourself anymore, then you have to practice using your voice so that you attract something different. So that's the first thing. Figure out what your fears are about. The second thing is try writing down what you want to say. I have clients practice all the time. You know, keep in mind, you don't want to read your notes verbatim, you know, without raising your eyes from the pad. <laughs> but instead, use your notes to get organized, stay on track if you start to lose your train of thought. Um, I often teach, you know, different formulas. I have the I feel message. I use a Columbo formula, the social engagement formula. But what I tell clients all the time is write it down first, practice it. And as you're out and about in the natural setting, it'll, it'll feel more natural to you. So that's the third step is just practice in the mirror. Um, take a video of yourself, watch yourself. You know, what is your body language? How confident are you coming across? And then when you start applying all of these things and all the practicing to real people, start out with ones that you know. Obviously, that's going to be a little easier. Friends, family, and then you move into doing it with new dates and people you meet socially. So I hope that helps. Okay, the third scenario question is from Carrie. I don't know how to sort out who to see on a second date. Since I might be a little picky and I'm afraid of not giving them a second chance. When I do, I often end up with the same conclusion. I'm not interested, although they would probably see me again. I'm not completely clear on the type of man I want to date. And even if I have a good idea of it, I'm not meeting him. <laughs> oh my gosh. You sound like I'm going to call you confused, Carrie. So it sounds like, honestly, your confusion and what's going on in your head is what's causing that kind of tug of war 
that's going on. So it's good that you're asking yourself about getting clarity around that. And it's not until you're clear of what it is you're looking for and more settled within and you feel that you deserve something, that is when you attract it. Otherwise, you may be finding yourself encountering men who are also unclear, unavailable, or lopsided because quite honestly, you're not available or clear. You know, like attracts like, often, you know, it's just looking in the mirror and seeing what you're putting out is what you're getting back. So I'm wondering if there has been some sort of hurt in your past where you are protecting yourself and creating barriers so that you don't get close. And really what this has to do with is trust, trust in them, but really it's trust in yourself to pick something different. Because if you pick something that wasn't good for you in the past, you're going to second guess yourself. So there you go in circles and all that, like, you know, unclarity and confusion. Look, we all have lists, but when the list is being used to filter out every little thing in ways of preventing yourself of getting close, then that is when you often get this dynamic that you're talking about, fearing, you know, kind of giving people a second chance. So you'll shut things down. It's like, oh, I, I, I'm going to find this thing wrong and maybe it's something that they are about or what they do for a living or maybe what they're wearing, like any little thing you're going to nitpick. But that is really a way of protecting yourself. So here's what to do. Number one, remind yourself, and even if you've done this exercise, I mean, I know a lot of people tell um people to do this. It's write down your negotiables and non-negotiables. Even if you did this before, do it again. Especially when you're not clear about things, it's a good time to kind of hone in and focus on this. What are the things that are negotiable that are, okay, I could kind of live with, let's see what this guy's about or what this woman's about. And what are the non-negotiables? What are like an absolute, there's no way because maybe it's something, you know, big or toxic for you. Quite honestly, your non-negotiables should not be that he can't be under six feet tall. And I can't tell you how many times I've worked with, and you know who you are, with clients who said, there is no way I can date somebody who is not over six feet tall because I'm really tall. Okay. That all may be true. And I understand there's certain things we get attracted to and not attracted to, but that is not a non-negotiable. A non-negotiable should be things that are really, really bad for you, you know, or things that you know that you cannot live with. It could be, you know, maybe he's abusive. Maybe, um, he is a drug addict, you know, like kind of bigger things. And all the little things that you're nitpicking, I want you to try to just give those guys a chance. The other thing I teach people to do is something of what I call a chemistry analysis. I'm not going to go into all of that, but know that there are different types of chemistry and 
when you look at things that you're getting attracted to and not attracted to, what I will say in general is that we all have patterns. There's all things that we kind of gravitate towards that really turn us on and that we get sucked into, right? Sometimes it's the way people look. Sometimes it's, you know, the way they act. Uh, sometimes it's the way that we, they make us feel, you know, whatever it is. Take a look at patterns for yourself. And if you're finding yourself only attracted to guys who are a certain look, then almost as a game or an experiment, try going out with guys who aren't your typical guy. Because you really don't have a type if you're still single, because obviously your type didn't work for you, right? So you got to do something different. Um, the other thing, and finally, this is something that, you know, even if you are not liking somebody from their profile or upon the first encounter, just give people chances, you know, try going out with someone who has enough there. If there's enough things that you like, try going out with them two or three times and see if things change for yourself. Then journal how you feel on dates to gain more clarity on what your feelings and pickiness are all about. And I find that if you're not getting attached to the outcome, you're really focusing on each and every date, you may surprise yourself and make connections that you never thought about before. All right. So I hope that helps. The next one is from Tony. I'm not sure if it's a man or a woman, but actually her, her, he, he, his, his question applies to both. I have an addictive personality. I got sober in June of 2012 and have remained sober since because I have given up all use of alcohol and other substances. I now use food when I have any types of feelings that arise. When I have a good day, I want to go out for dinner with friends. And when I have a bad day, I want to order in and numb my emotions. So I have to be extra mindful of my choices because one bad choice can really affect the rest of the day or even longer. And that obviously affects the people I attract. How can I navigate dating in a healthy way, knowing I have these addictive tendencies? Oh, well, and that is tough. And I really am so proud of you and commend you for having such great insight and awareness for yourself. It sounds like obviously you've been doing some work on yourself and a lot of people numb out and have addictions. So this is a common question, but they're not aware of where it comes from or how it affects them. So good for you that you figured that out. And I always say awareness is always the first step to change. Now, as far as the dating thing goes, you're right. It seems like it would be really important for you to not get attached too soon or too fast. It's really common for people with addictive tendencies to get locked in to someone really fast and then get caught up in the vortex of a relationship too soon because you get addicted to that intensity, that, that kind of like drug that happens when you're intoxicated with someone, right? Um, now, learning to date without getting attached to the outcome is really crucial for you, probably more so than others. So you need to pace things out, pay attention to how you feel after each date, and, and that will help you not lose yourself and use that kind of chemistry or dating to numb out. Also, having rules for yourself about building emotional chemistry before sex would be really good for you because sex is another drug for a lot of people. Addictive personalities 
you know, generally suffer from trust issues. And that stems from childhood and issues related to fears of abandonment. So I'm not sure what your history is, but it's really important to just learn to love yourself and do things for you to fill yourself up rather than relying on your dates, food, or anything else to complete that void. Get involved in healthy habits, activities, hobbies, and time with friends and, and, you know, just things that give you joy and purpose that will also help you balance out your dating life. So you don't over obsess with dates, apps, and the opposite sex. So the key for you is balance because, you know, people with addiction tend to get locked into something and then almost become obsessive with it. And addicts also lose their sense of self with people pleasing behavior. Does it sound familiar? (laughs) And their desire to obtain external approval, and that compromises their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. So other people, as you're dating, may become put off by this behavior, you know, feeling that they are in a relationship or they're dating someone who is a shadow of a person who has no thoughts or desires of their own. So practice sharing your thoughts and opinions on dates. You definitely need to set boundaries, say no to things that don't feel good to you, and that will help you focus on you and build your self-esteem. And, you know, overall, you really need to kind of fill yourself up, right? Love yourself. I know it sounds cliche, but it really will be important for your journey moving forward. And doing a check and balance on your feelings and pacing things out. When you do that and you take your time, you will be able to date in a healthy way. Okay, we have time for one more. This is um, a really good one. I think also both men and women can relate to this. And this is from Andy. I know he's a man. I want to find a partner I can really share life with. Someone to talk to honestly, philosophically, explore and challenge each other emotionally, intellectually, and sexually. Gosh, don't we want that all? (laughs) I grew up very shy. And although I have improved greatly in this respect, I still feel I lack and I'm behind the curve generally. For me, the biggest and hardest obstacle to get over is the initial meeting and flirting. For years, I tried to dissect and determine my shortcomings in this regard and ultimately came to this conclusion. It is the fear of rejection. And when I have found someone, I will easily settle until inevitably it ends because settling just accepts and ignores what is wrong in the first place. I don't mind being alone and feel this time is important, but I don't want this to be my fate. Andy, I love that. First of all, you're very introspective. I don't know if you've had any kind of counseling or coaching before, but you, you're definitely on to something about yourself. The fear of rejection is really powerful, and it often has a far-reaching impact on your dating life, and it can be crippling. So rather than focusing on getting to know the other person and deciding whether you would like a second date, You might spend all of your time worrying whether that person likes you. You might have trouble speaking. You have obsessive worrying about your own appearance, um, an inability to eat, and a a visibly nervous demeanor. Those are all really common. 
And that's why flirting in the initial meeting are so difficult for you because you're getting in your head and worrying about what others think than the actual connection to that person. So of course, you're kind of falling into these relationships and situations where it's easier to settle, as you call it, or pick someone who feels safe for you because, guess what? In your mind, then the likelihood of being rejected goes down and you simply don't care if you are because, guess what? You weren't into them in the first place. See how the brain works? It's crazy. And it's probably and most likely subconscious that you're doing this. But here are some behaviors you might be doing that is attracting that kind of situation and also repelling good people for you. You might be phony. You might be people pleasing. You might, you know, not be assertive and have more like passive aggressiveness. But all of these behaviors, all of these behaviors ultimately push people away, which plays into your abandonment stuff. It's like the brain's way of making your fears true. You understand what I mean by that? It it is the way of making yourself right that somebody will abandon you because that's all you know. So you pick people that ultimately won't work out. But the truth is you don't want to be alone, right? So if you want to stay by yourself because that's easier than being rejected, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to get a handle on this, then I highly encourage you to start taking action to change. Now, this scenario over all the ones that I kind of read today, and obviously everyone can benefit from coaching, but with this pattern, I think a deeper coaching would really benefit you. You know, there's kind of some deeper rooted stuff going on and getting clarity and the kind of root of the problem. And then mapping out a plan to conquer those fears will be key. The other thing is that you said you were shy, but I wonder if your shyness is really just kind of that paralyzing fear that's going on. So practice socializing regularly, like going to the gym to exercise, like I said before. Schedule social time on your calendar at least twice a week where you are talking to people and having good conversation. And you will see that there isn't really any such thing as rejection. I say this all the time. It's really about experience and learning and understanding who your tribe is and seeing how people can positively respond to you. Because the more positive responses you get from people, that will help you collect evidence that there are plenty of people out there who don't reject you. And the more experiences you have around that, guess what that's going to do to your social confidence? It's going to go up. And when it comes to dating, you'll be more comfortable talking and allowing people who are good for you into your life. So I hope that was helpful. And as always, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you listen to some of these questions and they resonate with you, and you are ready to get a handle on these challenges, then hop on a call with me by clicking on the link you see here in the show description. It's a new year. It's time for a new you. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.